Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. This week, we're going to start with some housekeeping early because there's the possibility that this is the penultimate show for the year. This I is thought the- it was the ultimate show this year. I thought we were going to sign off by saying we'll talk to you guys next year. I thought that was the plan. No, we didn't. It was it. in the show notes that nobody handed out. That we don't have. Where is our producer? We need a producer. Can we get one of those for next year? We'll get right on that. You know what? I'll make sure to put a line item in the budget. However, as a result of having to do that, you're going to have to take a pay cut. Okay, I will slash my salary in half. Done. We still can't. Still not to be enough for a producer. Because <laughs> half my salary is nothing. <laughs> still zero. Well... You know, the Formula One teams, they go and typically during the season, they get their three-week-ish or so break that two weeks of that, they completely shut down the factory. We talk about this all the time. We didn't do that. We didn't shut down during that break, so we should take our two-week break. Yeah, you know, it's the off-season. It's a good time for us to go and, and go on vacation. So we're going to be doing I think it's a mandatory um, shutdown by the FIA. Really? Yeah. I'm sure I saw a memo about it somewhere. If we had a producer, I wouldn't have to be scratching the bottom of the bin to make up my memos. You you know, it's probably in section 403B slash 3, subsection 2 of the autosport or of the motorsport code. I'm sure it is. The sporting regulations. I'm sure it is. I believe it says that podcasts. From people in Ohio have to go on two weeks mandatory leave at the end of the season. Okay. Motorsport podcasts, I think it does specify. Specific that way. Yes. It would have called us out specifically, but you know how Eccleston is. He's afraid of a third party coming in and copycatting and not being subjected to the rules. Right. That's not true. Right. Have we gone off the rails? <laughs> Can I have a producer now? <laughs> so, yes, we are going on vacation. We will probably be off for about two weeks, maybe three. It all depends. Okay. <laughs> With, you know, news like that, it sounds like we might be back. We might not. We'll be back. It's well, just wait a minute. Could we wait until you know we might have to test out some things and decide whether or not we're taking a sabbatical year, like Fernando? No, he's he's definitely not doing that. We we have gotten confirmation that he is not doing that, despite the equivocating and Ron Dennis speak that might hint that something might be up. Okay, let's glad glad to know that you know the world champion will come back. Hey. Funny little side note. Okay. I don't know if you remember this because I certainly didn't until I was reading an article this week. You know, remember how Will Stevens started at Caterham for the last race in 2014? hmm Do you remember that there was a radio call because he didn't give way to Fernando? Yes. And he said that this kid's got a lot to learn? hmm Well, apparently at the end of 2015... He did actually learn a lot and really showed his chops on the grid. He did. I mean, it wasn't a great season. Well, it's manner. He's hampered I mean, by everything he, manner. He beat Mary yes, pretty soundly, but he could not beat uh, Rossi. No, he could not. But the McLaren stopped enough times that he almost beat them a lot. Yeah. So... That brings up a good point. You know, the last week, the the last race was what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Are so you are in, you within withdrawals? Do you have the DTs yet? Well, you know, in in that time, in in the ensuing two weeks, Lewis Hamilton has made the rounds at the late night talk shows in the U.S. Did he dye his hair again? I don't know if he's done that. Um, I think, and by the time this is up, you may have already missed it, but I believe he's supposed to be on, of all things, 60 Minutes this weekend. I don't know what he's going to be doing, but he's supposed to be on 60 Minutes this weekend. 
But not only that, as we are just two weeks out from the season, and already the teams have to make a decision as to what tires they're bringing to Melbourne. Well, you know, as well as I do, and anybody who watched that excellent documentary of Mercedes going for the two years in a row, what was that titled? The race for number two, race for the second year. NBC's uh, documentary. Yeah. Yeah. The factories never stop. They are constantly looking ahead at the next race, the next race. They were talking about Melbourne at Abu Dhabi. There is no break except for the 14 days midseason. No, 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 no. The teams are required because before it didn't matter. Right. Pirelli made the call and sent the tires out to Melbourne, which I didn't know this. But Paul Embry... Paul Hembry has said for Australia, normally they would ship the tires in early January anyway, just so that they didn't have to deal with any concerns over air freight delays. January, for a race that was in March, they'd ship the tires out there. Well, you got to be careful with air freight delays in January. Uh, Could they be affected by Chinese New Year? I mean, I'm like, what would cause a delay in particular then? As opposed to any other day. I mean, are they two months ahead of time storing tires in other locations? I don't know. I mean, I know they announced the tires a couple of weeks out, a couple of months out. Mm-hmm. but And maybe that's part of it. But now, you know, the teams have to make a decision as to what tires they want to run. So Pirelli knows what tires to produce so that they can hit their ship deadlines. Yeah, I've been thinking about this. Okay. So since we talked about it last week, that, okay, we're going to have three um, options for your tire choices. It's like you get a price-fixed menu, you can have one of three things, mm-hmm. or two of three things. So you you go pick it as whatever team you're going to represent that in my mythical story here. And Pirelli makes you those tires. Okay. So unlike previous years where Pirelli made 19 sets of one type of tire or mm-hmm. Times, however right. many, but that concept. They and they didn't know what team each set of tires was going to. Now they know that, for example, if they're going to make four sets of tire A, they're going to know that that tire A is going to those specific four teams. Yeah, but they don't know which of those, t- which specific tire A is going to which team. So what I'm theorizing is that we could wind up with a situation of more tire drama not because of the teams necessarily picking bad choices which is possible and then trying to point fingers at Pirelli but if somebody was to have picked one of the unpopular choices so they were a very low number of tires produced and then had tire problems on that particular tire I'm wondering if there couldn't be you know open themselves up to talk of sabotage. You know, I don't think so. I'm just throwing it out there. I've had a whole week to chew on this, and I've gotten that far, so I don't think it takes very long for, you know, other people that are, you know, less bright than me to get that far. No, they're going to complain that, you know, Pirelli come out and say, well, there was debris on the track and cuts, and if you stayed on the damn track, this wouldn't happen. And then and Sebastian Vettel will turn around and go, we didn't go on a track. Don't don't accuse us of this stuff, even though you have videotape showing us all four off the track every single time we went through this corner. Didn't happen. Yeah. So the tires that are going to Australia, well, the 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 teams have the selection of, and they have to make this decision by the seventeenth of this month. Okay. They can choose between between two of these three tires. They can get either the medium, the soft, or, in fact, the super soft. The snuggle bear type? No, that would be the ultra soft. Oh. They only get the super soft, um, which this would be the first time that the super soft has been used at Albert Park. Well, we don't know. Maybe nobody's going to pick it. It's possible. It well, is- it's, it's the first time it's been available for the teams to use at Albert Park. Let's put it that way. So what do you think? Spitballing based on, you know, your intense knowledge of tires, tracks, and, you know, Formula One. What would be an interesting strategy to grab the super softs and the mediums? The mediums for the long stint with the super softs for your speed and qualifying pace? 
Or would you go with softs and super softs for that combination of high speed? You know, the thing is, I don't know. I, I don't really recall how well the tires have held up in the past over at Albert Park. And that's the real question. You know, if a team can pull off a two-stopper with the soft and a super soft, they may go that route. I don't know. But the other thing that makes this more difficult for the teams is, okay, we have the super soft that while the teams have seen and they know a general idea performance-wise of how it'll run, and they can probably run that through their simulators, as it stands right now, they don't know how that tire is going to perform on their 2016 cars. True. And that could that lack of knowledge, especially right now, could cause teams a lot of problems. And it also may make them decide, for the most part, to go conservative until they at least get to see their cars on track and see how they're handling. Well, there's definitely that point. You, you have to throw in the unknown of the the whole car shifting and morphing up a year. Um, and the simulators are only as good as the simulator is. But all long term and ultimately, they're, I mean, that's what they're paid to make the gamble on. And that's part of what makes the show good is that you don't know. If you knew what the maths were going to be and you could guarantee outcome, then you wouldn't have a show. Yeah. And, and that's what will keep this interesting, at least in the early part of the season. I mean, I don't think we're going to see seven different winners in seven races, but it could be interesting. That was an outstanding beginning <laughs> of the season. So Sauber has come forth and explained why they have asked for the cash advance. To pay remember, their third they were, driver? They were one of the teams that have come out and, set and asked for an early payment of the, the prize money. To pay for their third driver? Oh, no. Oh. It's an even better reason. You'll like this. Excellent. I'm surprised you haven't guessed it. Monisha Keltenborn has come forth and said that Sauber asked for the early payment of money because other teams did it. <laughs> oh, Monisha, Monisha, Monisha. Now, her exact words... We saw some of our competitors had done that, and that can give you a direct competitive advantage. So we felt that when our competitors had done it, it would definitely make our, e our life easier. So that's why we did it. You can make your liquidity easier. Of co course, it helps the company. We're not in a position where you, can't, where you can say it doesn't matter at all. So yes, because other teams did it, she did it. Okay. Other than that, I thought it was a non-story, but that one comment right there was like, really? Well, everybody that else one? is doing it. Well, I mean, okay, not to defend Monisha because seriously, she's not my favorite person. But if the people that you're directly competing against, let's just make our maths easy, have a million pounds more in the bank mm -hmm. than you have, they can do a million pounds more worth of development until you get the same million pounds that you're going to get. Yeah. So that part makes sense to me, that they're all going to get an advantage. So she's in that pack. She needs the advantage. She's not a Mercedes or a Ferrari that can absorb weighting as easily. Yeah. I mean, th yes, there's some logic there, but it still boils down to what well, we asked because they did. Hey, if somebody else is getting away with it, might as well. So, many, many years ago in Formula One, there was an incident between McLaren and Ferrari that went down in the annals of Formula One history as Spygate. Yes. We may have Spygate 2 on our hands. <gasps> if you listen to Mercedes... Oh, do we have to put on our James Bond hats and, and music? No, I don't think we have to go that far. So what's going on here is one of Mercedes' Formula One engineers, a gentleman by the name of Benjamin Hoyle, is being sued by Mercedes, claiming that he was planning to take sensitive data from Mercedes to a competitor. 
Now, Hoyle is a powertrain engineer who came to Mercedes AMG high performance powertrains with experience at ProDrive and Cosworth. Um, he obviously worked in the powertrain department over at Mercedes. Uh, on, he was on a three-year contract that expired this year and announced that he was not going to seek renewal of his contract. So as a result of that, Mercedes transferred him out of the Formula One team and over to, um, I believe, the DTM group. They, they transferred him to another group. But they then alleged that Hoyle was grabbing copies of sensitive documents to take with him to Ferrari. Ferrari's position in this is, wait, who is this guy? <laughs> Did we hire we don't him? Know, we don't know who you're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody call down to the mailroom and see if we have one of these guys. Yeah, F- Ferrari says that, yeah, they were surprised by this. Um, they're, according to Autosport, there were talks between Ferrari and Hoyle, but they were nothing more than informal, and not even a draft contract was offered for him to sign. Wow. I really hope he wasn't stealing documents on the hope of a contract that then didn't ever happen. That would make it even worse. Yeah. So maybe a new team coming to Formula One? Another new team? A group known as Theodore Racing is said to be evaluating a return to Formula One. Who's Theodore Racing? Well, the founder of Theodore, Teddy Yip, sponsored cars in F1 in the 1970s before fielding a series of his own chassis, first in 78 and as late as 1983. Now, his son, Teddy Yip Jr., is now team principal of GP2 Series Team Status Grand Prix, and brought the Theodore Racing name back as a sponsor of Prima Power team at the Macau Grand Prix, um, which apparently his father's team was was very closely tied to. Oh, cool. Um, Alex Lynn took victory in Macau in Theodore Colors in 2013, um, with Felix Rosenquist taking honors this year. Um, we don't know whether or not this is going to be real. Mm-hmm. But they are an organization that at least has some experience and some name recognition. Maybe not a whole lot of success. Well, I mean, Haas has got name recognition and some experience and all the technology that Ferrari will send them. Yeah. Um, now, apparently, Theodore has um, a strong presence within Asia. Mm. And apparently, or at least they're claiming that they have a high prestige value in China. So this could be an attraction toward Chinese markets. Well, that's a good thing. Speaking of Chinese markets, Ron Dennis says that he is pushing for major off-track changes at McLaren. (laughs) Wait for it. Okay, I'm waiting. I'm waiting because this segue has got to be good. Um, One of the things that he is looking to do is to diversify and bring in additional investment into the company. And he has been talking to potential investors, notably from China. Interesting. See, see how that I, works? I, I followed. Thank you. <laughs> um, that, that's the big thing here is that he's trying to diversify and bring more money in because obviously they've seen a, somewhat of an exodus in sponsors. Uh, you mean a mass running for the door? But one sponsor who has not left, who has signed an extension, is uh, – the financial services company Santander. Oh. Which um, they've done some interesting commercials with Jensen Butt because they've got actual bank branches in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I think we showed, I, I, I shared this last year of uh, they set up a pop up branch with a pop up ex- <laughs> quote unquote experimental ATM in downtown London. And the ATM featured a quote unquote Jensen button. <laughs> and when you pressed the Jensen button, Jensen came walking out of a back room and shook your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my guess, though, is the reason why Santander's sticking around is they have, I, I believe they're one of Fernando Alonso's backing. Backers. I was going to say, I thought he was very instrumental in getting them a sponsorship at Ferrari. 
something mm-hmm. like that. I, I think he he's got connections that brings money in through Santander, and and that's why they're sticking with McLaren mm-hmm. when everybody else is running away. Run away! Run away! Run yeah. away! Um, Bernie has been speaking. I read this article. I gotta tell you, I'm really starting to think that the man's losing it. Well, you know, his feeling, bottom line, is that Formula One is not a sport, it's a show, and it's entertainment, and that's the job, is to bring entertainment. And he believes at this point that Mercedes and Ferrari, what they want to do is not entertaining. Well, yeah, because they're winning. And what I'm really stunned by in this comment is that he has long time held that Ferrari is one of his, you know, pet peoples. And he's lumping them in with the group of people that are holding back F1. Well, they are in that he wants to, he he is looking for a way to get rid of the engine formula. That's what he wants. Mm -hmm. And when he and Jean Todd put forth the proposal for the alternative uh, engine formula, Ferrari, using their veto, shot it down, and he's ticked off over that. And the thing is, Ferrari was—that's what I find really interesting about this. Historically, going into this engine formula, Ferrari was up there with Bernie against it. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to go to these engines. The V6 engine, the turbo hybrid engine, is not in line with what they're developing for their car business. Correct. So they were trying to kill it. But at this point, they have spent so much, and, and this is what I think is going on, they have spent so much money to develop this these engines that a change now, they, they don't get a chance to recoup this at all. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's like changing your pony halfway through the Kentucky Derby. You just don't do it. Yeah. And... Bernie is, he's set on trying to kill this engine. And I love his reasonings, that it's too expensive. But it didn't matter with the last engine formula that we were in when we were losing manufacturer uh, teams left and right because they couldn't afford it. But that engine was a quarter of the cost of this one. And at least initially, those engines were subsidized by the FIA. These engines are not. I understand all of that. But he said, I don't care when they were talking about cost caps and things like that. But sure enough, cost caps mean a lot when he wants to get rid of this engine. Yeah. Just because his precious Red Bull isn't doing well. I have a feeling that he lost a bet. <laughs> Yeah, you think I'm joking? It's, I, I, I don't think, think he it's put so a lot much, of money down on Red Bull, and he lost it. I, I don't think it's so much that that Red Bull lost and his precious Red Bull, because the truth of the matter is Red Bull was running Renault engines, and Renault wanted these engines that he didn't want to begin with, and he Renault and Mercedes forced his hand with these engines and said that if you don't adopt them, we're leaving. And he knew that the sport couldn't handle it. So th- this whole thing with Red Bull, that's a different issue. Well, Bernie is just, also chapping because he's lost control. That's and what this is. Bernie loves control. And he, he one of the great quotes in the article was that if Toto Wolf of Mercedes said Christmas is going to be on December 26th, all of the other teams would agree with him. Well, maybe that's because... He's supplying most of the grid with engines. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Well, but I, then again, I don't think that's the case either because, you know, Monisha Keltenborn will find something <laughs> stupid to say on her own. I mean, they're all still people. They all can have their own opinions, and they do. But I think that Bernie is convinced that if somebody disagrees with him, that they're doing it out of some <clears throat> abject loyalty to Toto. Or somebody else who has stood up and said, Bernie, you're wrong, and not actually looked at the fact that, Bernie, you're wrong. And uh, the other thing out of this was that he felt that um, Mercedes would have been a better team had Nico and Lewis been closer competitors. Well, 
I, I think there would have been more of a story there. I mean, everybody wanted, you know, the the rerun of Bahrain last year, mm-hmm. and we we never got that. They no. were never all that close. At, at most, it was a lap or two of a battle, and one of them pulled away from the other, and. There was no story out of that, and that's what everyone has been hoping for, was to get a story out of that. Um. Um, true, they've all been looking for that that Prost-Senna uh, storyline again. But, that said, there was another great story that Nico Rosberg probably wishes he threw the hat at Hamilton about five or six races earlier because <laughs> that's when his that's when his world turned around was when he threw a hat so I'd like to see the beginning of Australia if he throws a cap at Hamilton on his way out of the pit garage yeah I don't think that's what it is but okay <laughs> most of the seats this year are settled yeah or for 2016 are settled except Marussia except Marussia or well I think it, they're now officially more manner than Marusha. Oh, sorry. I should have um, been man. We, d- we don't know what, what's happening with all the seats, but we do know that uh, the Indonesian government is offering manner 10 million pounds to uh, allow Ryu Harianto to drive next year. Can I say that manner should accept it only because I want to hear a drunk Hobbs, uh, David Hobbs, try to pronounce that name? <laughs> I, I seriously i think that these low-end teams should take whatever money they can find for some of the hardest names to pronounce so that david hobbs will have to pronounce it <laughs> interesting <laughs> you got nothing after that huh? <laughs> no I, I got nothing you know to to go with this there's talk that uh, the other seat may go to uh, Pascal Wehrlin. There's been a lot of talk about Pascal Wehrlin. Um, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. You know, the other alternatives would be for uh, a Force India seat, but all of those seats are locked up. We know Perez isn't going anywhere. We know Hulkenberg isn't going anywhere. So there's not a whole lot of options. Williams is, isn't taking any drivers either. Nope, they seem to so, be very happy with their uh, Valtteri and Massa. The downside is, you know, if Whalen is going to get the seat and Harianto provides the money to buy the other seat, um, that means Alexander Rossi probably won't get a seat. And that's very sad. Yeah. That's sad. It was a good chance for us to have an American in the sport. But we're going to have at least an American team. So let's let's start with someplace. Yep, and we'll see where that goes. It's been a year. It's been a year. This wraps up all of the news that we have. You know, a lot of shows, they like to do a full recap of the season and where things went and all of that stuff. But the truth of the matter is, we really don't remember what happened in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long season, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But we don't have to remember what happened in Australia. We don't. Instead, we're going to provide you with uh, some of what we found to be the best moments of the season, audio-wise. Yeah, this is not a video montage. Not at all. Um, (laughs) Some of these are clips that you have heard that we have referred to. Some of them we have not had on the show before. But this is a credit to Michael's thousands of countless hours of editing and pulling together the highlights of 2015. So thanks to the folks over at BBC and Sky who don't know that they've provided us with, <laughs> provided us with this audio. We provide you with our wrap of the season. Previously on Formula One. Race one, Melbourne, Australia. Winter was great. Uh, interesting for our little family also. Uh, we went from two members to four members within a week. So Jensen, uh, difficult weekend so far, but optimistic for the race. 
it's going to be it's going to be tricky. Obviously, you know, we haven't done a race distance yet, so um, this is all learning for us. But if we can get to the finish, I think it'll be a massive uh, achievement for us in terms of learning with this car. So the basic car doesn't feel too bad. So it's still going to be fun for me out there. But uh, obviously, there'll be a few things that we have to solve during the race. But hopefully, it'll uh, be, bring us closer together and focus us for the next one. Well done for being upbeat. Very limited mileage in, in testing. Normally, you don't understand other people's packages, but at the moment, we don't understand ours fully. It would be good if uh, if they can come a bit closer, and as long as they don't come too close. Let's be honest, did you really hope so? For the, yes, because half seriously, of, yeah, half of me thinks about. You finish 30 seconds ahead of us, and you hope that it's going to be closer. So you hope you slow down. That's what that what you're saying. I, I hope that you can you give us. I, I hope I hope you can give us a challenge because it's important for the sport and and for the fans. And and I do think about the show. You know, uh, half of me or a part of me thinks about the show because um, I want to put on. I want to give people uh, a great time at home watching on TV or at the track. So uh, if you do come a bit closer, that would be awesome. It's fine. I think for the everybody. first suggestion, if you don't mind, could be that uh, your garage becomes public for Malaysia and uh, everyone can, has a, can have a look. No? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> no, I'm joking. You, uh, nice. you can come if you want. We can invite you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the invite. I'll come. Okay. Friday, Malaysia. Okay. Engineer's room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Debrief. I'll be there. <laughs> Race two, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. We follow all the rules and we do it in, in the correct steps. You know, we don't get dragged through courts and stuff like that. It's, yeah. you know, this is, this is the right way to run a business. Oh. And you have to go, I can't say the word, flat out right from the beginning. Otherwise, you're going to lose out. Blue flag, blue flag, blue flag. Can I pass these people because they are not even trying to catch the safety car? I'm a little bit surprised. We uh, seem to have been catching cars, quite a few cars. Forecast to catch Bethel with five laps remaining, so we need to keep this pace up. Hey man, don't talk to me through the corners. And he just went off. Race three, Shanghai, China. You know, in five years I finished second three times and uh, I didn't want to finish second anymore. So I'm in the right place now. Just beat Lewis. <laughs> Even this year, you can rely on me from now on. Okay, there's some talk about uh, you having to split the strategies on your cars here to cover off Ferrari. How are you uh, handling that? We had a strategy meeting this morning for about half an hour. I was so confused that I can't tell you what the outcome was. The drivers were listening. They didn't say much either. So there are so many different options because it all depends on how the race will go on, how far that we can drive away. It's fatal in the middle between the two Mercedes. You can't tell you now. Frank, as always, thank you. Well, if Nicky Lauda doesn't know what's going on, there's no hope for any of us. Oh, I lost the gearbox. Something bad happened. Come on, get these two cars out of the way. Come on, get that McLaren out of the way. I'm frustrated, yes, because it compromised my race, you know, and that's a fact. Um, it put me into risk with, uh, with Vettel, and it was a scenario that we discussed pre-race. We went through it in detail. He stated that he was just thinking about himself, um, and you know he's a clever guy. Obviously, Lewis's pace right when we pitted, it was uh, where did he pull that out of the bag all of a sudden? You know. Uh, Race four, Sakir, Bahrain. The only thing that Nico has to do is beat Lewis. We'll try and keep it quick. I do long answers. You always do long answers. Dude, you do long, the yeah, longest really answers. answers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, when we used to do the press conference when you used to win. <laughs> Be like, oh, we're here for another half an hour. Just, <laughs> it used to be the worst. I was falling asleep always. Okay, I'll do very short then. Yes and no. Mm -hmm. oh, no. I've me as an inspiration, so I'll try. We are actor of a big show. China, what happened when pit lane opened? It looked like you were trying to do a practice start, and then Lewis came past I think, you. Uh, what happened there, man? Yeah. I'll tell you what happened. Um, me being German, disciplined, you know, very... Uh, uh, calculative, that's at least the, you know, the, 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 the stereotype German. I read the notes before going into the race and it said do the practice start on the right hand side after pit exit where I did my practice oh, really? start. So you, all you guys just stopped way too early. Oh, okay. Plus, well, I, didn't, I, but I, plus stopped. I didn't want to queue so I jumped the queue, <laughs> stopped on the right, but I stopped in the right place. Then I started, you started at the same Did you get penalised? No, because... Yeah, you know, if that was me, I would have got penalised. <laughs> I'm, I'm being a bit of a nerd, but fine, I enjoy it. <laughs> Before you guys go, just a few quick-fire questions. Most expensive thing you've ever bought? 
<laughs> a house. <laughs> I guess. Lewis is sounding nervous. <laughs> a plane. <laughs> um, how do you like relax away from racing? To spend time with the family, especially now with, with my kid. It's all changed for me, yeah. Partying and no one getting there. Most influential person you've ever met? It's kind of difficult. It's two for me. That's the Queen and Mandela. They're kind of king and queen for me. That's a hard act to follow. Uh, well, I would say my parents. I think they had most influence in my life. So, uh, other than that, I mean, in terms of uh, yeah, popular people and stuff. I mean, that's what you're referring to. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's so the people who we met. Um, that's okay. Different, Actually, different my thing. family also most influential people <laughs> yeah. in my life. But... Well, this is already getting too competitive. I um, can't compete. Can you name Lewis's dogs? Roscoe, uh, because I met him and he's a nice dog. <laughs> he's a lovely Very dog. funny. And, oh, yeah, uh, he gave him a present. You gave him a present. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, damn, yeah. He gave me this damn <laughs> ball for this thing and it squeaked so much and he wouldn't leave alone all night. So he's in the motorhome next door. I won the next Tactics. day. And Tactical. this thing's going well, off the whole night. I think I won the next day, though. Huh? I won the next day. It's probably because yeah, it, it was definitely tactics, man. Yeah. Uh, can you name any of Sebastian's cars? He likes his name, his Formula One cars. Oh, no, I He don't gives know. them the names of girls. How many cars have you got now? Because you've got some of your cars, haven't you? Well, it's the... No, but you've got some ah, at home. You have a World Championship winning car. Yeah, yeah, I'm very... Sick. Like that's what... See, that's why my contract's taking so long. <laughs> trying to get that insane. Uh, who's going to win this season's championship? One of us. Hopefully one Will of us. you ever be sitting here doing this discussion with me again in wearing the opposite shirts? You and Ferrari, you which and Mercedes. Discussion, which discussion? Well, well, question, well, would the you question like... is, will we ever be wearing the same shirts? Will you ever be wearing the same shirts? Mm. Well, I have a contract. He doesn't. <laughs> so you put yourself a bit no, in the corner Not anytime soon. Not anytime soon. Do you have something to say to Nikki and Toto now? No, or? no, no. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for your time. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, that's going to spot room, isn't it? <laughs> Race 5, Barcelona, Spain. Well, I think any fluid that could leak from that engine seems to be doing so. They've had water, they've had oil, they've had fuel, and there's been a few tears on the, on the floor. So it's really been a difficult start to the season. Okay, Romain, you need to lift when you use the bad gear. Lift when okay. you use the bad gear. Roman, if you don't do that, you will blow the engine up, all right? You have to. Looks like it may be a big ask to do it, so it will probably best to consolidate the position. If you tell me it's not possible, let me know. Yeah, I don't think it'll be possible with the remaining laps of this, so we're probably just better looking after this one. Let him have it. Is it impossible? That's the question. Yeah, so Lewis is going to respond if we pick the pace up, so I think we just need to consolidate position. I think it will be impossible. Well, I was pushing to win. I still, you know, when I did my last stop, I was thinking, I can definitely still do this. I can definitely still do this, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't to be. Obviously, I was the guy was too far ahead. Uh, generally, team made it pretty hard for me this day. So, uh, uh, but I did everything I could, and I'm glad that I still got, uh, you know, the one. I'm, so, I'm glad I could back Nico up uh, for the team. Race six, Monte Carlo, Monaco. Think bigger than your own team for a moment. Think about what's right for Formula One. And for the record, did you always do what was right for Formula One when you were dominating? Absolutely not. <laughs> you do what was right for your team. That's what I'm paid to do. Which is why you can't put the teams in that position. That's why you know Bernie is a guy that's responsible for promoting it. Sean's responsible for writing the rules. Those guys need to get together and, and sort it out. The target is to go as fast as possible and to overtake as many cars as possible. Uh, it's finished, man. It's finished. Safety car, safety car. So we are staying out. You sure it's the best thing to stay out? These tyres have lost all their temperature. Everyone's going to be on options now. OK, copy, copy. Box, box. Nicky, one very happy Mercedes driver and one less happy Mercedes driver. How do you explain what happened during the safety car? I apologize already to Lewis because a top team should not make mistakes like this. And I'm really upset, to be honest, because it was not necessary. It was the wrong decision to bring him in. It was very obvious. There was no reason, no risk or whatsoever to stay, leave him out. And I'm really disappointed. Was there some confusion swapping from virtual safety car to a, an actual safety car? It doesn't matter. We are professionals up there and they should be able to switch from one to the other and take, still take the right decision.
Nico, I've got to talk about Lady Luck, and you've just hugely embraced your pregnant wife. I mean, you've got to bring her to more races because she, she's only been to two, and you've won both of them. This is a serious problem. Yeah. I need to. We're slowly but surely. We need to do a bit of an analysis on the capabilities of um, of bringing out a, a baby in the paddock because uh, she's going to have to come to what, you many more races. She's going to have to have the baby if and, it's a race. That's... Well, if it does happen during the race weekend. <laughs> It could be an issue, so we need to make an analysis of that, uh, what the facilities are like here, because I think <laughs> she's going to have to come to many more races. You're all hot. That was a little bit tasty towards the end, wasn't it? Was. Was. <laughs> I didn't have much for lunch, so <laughs> I was a little bit hungry. Jensen Button with us because he scored points the first time this year. Congratulations. Oh, I like it. You don't do interviews with me if I don't score points. Well, you won't talk to us because you're fed up. Grumpy. Uh, Race 7, Montreal, Canada. NASA is seven and a half seconds back. We must save fuel. We must target zero. I don't want I don't want Already I have big problems now. Driving with this and looking like amateurs. Race eight, Spielberg, Austria. So, Jensen, nice to see you're smiling, all things considered. Uh, technically, this is grid 42 by the time you go in and do your penalty, and it really doesn't, you know, I, I can't find a question. Can you find an answer? I would much rather start on grid 42. It'd be a lot, lot better uh, for me than having a drive-through. But it's not going to be the most exhilarating afternoon. But um, hopefully, lap one will be fun. Race nine, Silverstone, England. I don't have any answers. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't want to cry. It's just a bit like driving in hell, to be honest. Now, JB um, had a word. You off, can I? I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm, I, I, you're like a magnet, I keep coming to you. Um, yeah, Got you difficult, <laughs> I find it difficult to ask you when you're right down the back there, but you're, you're going to have some fun at the start, aren't you? See, the only reason why he's interviewing me is because I've come up for the national anthem. He wouldn't go all the way back down there. It's too far for you, isn't it? At my age, definitely, but you're young and fit, you do triathlons. Possibly one of the most hilarious grid walks that we've ever had. It was almost like an advert for Tinder with those two on the grid. You can imagine a night out with Jensen and DC. Do not race. You'll take I have more plays. Can I ever take? I can do it in the back straight. It has to be a very clean move, and you need to pull away when you're in front. Clean move. Copy. But tell me, there was a there was a little moment in there when the crew came out, and it seemed like a, a dummy pit stop. What was going on there? Were you trying to trick Williams? Yeah, you know, sometimes you have to play these little games, and we we knew that an early stop would probably bring them into troubles with uh, running running long with the tyres. So we made it made it made a try, but they didn't fall. Uh, they didn't they didn't swallow the dummy. Classic moments of that race for me yeah. was to see his wife jumping up and down when Williams were first and second. How did that feel for you? <laughs> we are not on speaking terms at the moment. I can understand that. No, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> Also, what's ridiculous is the changing weather. It's now freezing cold <laughs> from being <laughs> boiling hot in. earlier. It's welcome to British summertime, isn't yeah. it, really? You're actually shaking. I am. You're I'm Scottish, for goodness sake, man. He doesn't up. live in this climate <laughs> anymore. He doesn't I'm, live here. I'm upwind. I'm like a windbreak for you two. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Race 10, Budapest, Hungary. For the next lap, don't hold back any pace. Uh, I'm not holding back pace. I'm struggling. Okay, copy that, Marcus. <laughs> Well, so it is generally a little bit easier when you go into from pole position and you win the race and you have a, a much easier um, Sunday. So to come away from this knowing that today was one of the worst performances I've put in for a long, long time, um, I guess just shows that we're all still human. So. Tell me what happened. Crappy day in the office. Yeah, quite, quite tough. Since like uh, the stewards today were very strict, you know, very, very tough on on, uh, on driving. Uh, were they wrong to do that? No, maybe not wrong, but it was different to to, to the past, you know. They, especially from the beginning of the season, they allowed us to, to race more 
body body and and you know it was more open to 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 fight in in the track than today maybe for any reason but uh yeah it was the same for everyone today so yeah disappointing for for the result you know i found myself in a situation at the end of my career in 2008 i kept getting involved in little incidents and thinking why is that not to do that why did that not to do that? after about five or six races i went actually there's a common denominator here you, uh, you know so <laughs> there's a point where you have to look at yourself yeah. you can't it takes two to tango of course and you know i take and you know, i value uh, alan's opinion on that but you know pastor has had a lot of incidents and you can't just say that you know the stewards <laughs> were allowing us to be more open in the past because that was a potentially race incident race ending incident Absolutely. that type of contact so even before he gets to the other mistakes later in the race. I think the thing is that the stewards, from a steward point of view, you can't take other incidents into account. You've got to take that particular one in its total isolation. However, we're all human, and uh, in, from that point of view, if you do ten incidents, then you're certainly, if the, the 11th one isn't, you know, it's going to go one way or the other, more than likely it's going to go in against you, and that's exactly what happened on this occasion. Race 11, Spa, Francorchamps. Just cloaking over the issue, are we not? We're sort of deflecting the problem. The problem is simple, that the drivers and the team believe that their chassis is okay. That's what Jonathan Neal has just told us. So what does that say? That says Honda are not doing the job. We've been told by Akai that they would have the same power as Ferrari here. Well, clearly they haven't. So what has happened to the great name and the great performance, technically and otherwise, of Honda? I fear for them. I really fear that they have misjudged the whole competitiveness of Formula One in its current guise. Puzzling um, and obviously disappointing. Sebastian, were Ferrari being a little bit too greedy in the end, do you think? No. So you were happy with the decision and you wanted to stay out? You could have got to the end, you felt? Well, how many laps I was missing? Not many. And things like that are not allowed to happen, full stop. If it happens 200 meters earlier, I'm not standing here now. I'm with 300 stuck in a rush, so... I don't know what else needs to happen. Uh, yeah. So in that case, so you're obviously upset that the, the tyre went in that way, but you'd run it for 27. What is upsetting? Upsetting is that one thing is the result. You know, this is racing for sure. You know, we we deserve to finish on the podium. But the other thing, as I said, if this happens earlier, then you know, I don't. I think it's a sort of theme that keeps going around. Nobody's mentioning it, but it's unacceptable. You were one of the drivers who stated your concerns to Charlie Whiting on Friday in the driver's briefing. Was that taken seriously? Well, I think it was, but what's the answer? Same as uh, every time. Yeah, well, there was a cut, debris, uh, the, 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 maybe something wrong with the bodywork, the driver went wide. If Nico tells us that he didn't go off the track, he didn't go off the track. I mean, why should he lie to us? It's, uh, same with me, I didn't go off the track. It's just out of the blue, the tyre explodes. And as I said, as I said <laughs> if this happens earlier, then... But you drivers must be the ones in the power seat. So what do you do now before Monza? I think we need to speak to each other. Uh, it's probably not as bad as it was in Silverstone some years ago, but it's not acceptable. Okay, thank you. Race 12, Monza, Italy. So he hopes that I pick up points for the team? Right. Um, <laughs> interesting. I hope he doesn't pick up too many points for the team. <laughs> If it were a possibility, would you be happy to accept second-string engines? Well, I think that you know, compared to where we currently are, um, you know, we we'd want to be in a much stronger position than that that we are today. And of course, if you are a customer, you are you are that. But uh, what you have to weigh up is is being a customer better than uh, the customer relationship that we currently have. And your conclusion would be? I'll let you um, work that one out for yourself. Massively interrupted again by the Sauber into turn four. What is he doing? Hey, I have something hanging off of my car, some uh, plastic something on the rear wing. Uh, Lots of power. Okay, Nico. Uh, no power. Yeah, guys. Oh, my God. I'm too old for that. 
too old. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Brilliant race. Rubbish. Not too old. We're just starting out, mate. Okay. My son has a Ferrari on his hand. I know, just, and it's not even me, it's Alonso. So How did Daddy do today? Good. <laughs> Excellent. How did you feel about your lap? Oh, I love my lap. Uh, um, well, that's, 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 that's a complete lie. Um. <laughs> Don't lie to us. <laughs> Honey Badger has to come out. He's starting last, so he definitely doesn't like being last. <laughs> Everyone's like, why is he smiling? You know, he's starting last. Even if I think put it on pole, I was still starting last, how we calculated it. For the guys to get us out there was uh, amazing, uh, to say the least. Their, their quickest engine change they've done in the past, I think, was two hours, and that was already a new record this year. Yeah. And, uh, and today they've done an hour 40 minutes. So they, they completely killed it. Um, so thanks to them. Okay, Luke, so we're going to go strap mode three. Strap mode three, we need to pull a gap. We need to pull a gap. Don't ask questions, just execute. Okay, Luke, so let's just have some hammer time lap times. We just need some good lap times now. No need to ask questions, we'll just explain it at the end. I've got a lot of pace in me. What do I need to do? I can't get much quicker. Yeah, what you're doing is great, Lewis. That's all we need. Just stabilize on pace, and that is great. So there's no need to take any risks, just keep doing what you're doing. When I pick another pace to where I was, is yes, taking risks. Okay, Lewis, thanks for that. I'll explain everything when I see ya. I have to say, Bono, that those last few laps were not cool, man. I, yeah, so just talk about zero. Yeah, okay, Lewis, copy that. So I'll speak to you in a bit. Toto, many congratulations. Another emphatic Lewis Hamilton victory there, but... Uh, we had our hearts in our mouths for a moment. What, what was the issue? Well, we got an information towards the end of the race that um, on some cars, the FIA um, uh, discussed tyre pressures, whether they were on a certain level or not, but we have no more information. Do you think, so if you were below the minimum starting pressures that they recommended, do you think that gave them an unfair advantage? Is that the issue? Well, certainly we weren't below the minimum pressures because we measured them with Pirelli. Uh, we put the gauge on and, um, and this is how the process works. We are the ones who to take it always very safe so I don't I, at the moment I have no detail what was really going on so, so let me break it to you the rear left was 0.3 of a PSI below the minimum starting pressure says who how did he manage and when he did he do that because you think your tire pressure man had the right tire pressure uh, absolutely I mean we are the first ones to be sure that everything is uh, is uh, is us by the rules so do you have any idea what the penalty might be no no idea it's the first time that happens because in the GP2 race, there were some cases of this. There were time penalties added. Is that why you were asking Lewis to extend his lead, just in case? Could be one of the reasons. Race 13, Singapore. What about new engines? You've had a divorce from Renault. That's official. Is what it, are you going to... Is it official? Well, is it official? Well, it's not quite official yet. We're sort of in that counselling stage before hopefully coming up with an amicable divorce fairly shortly. But nothing is confirmed as we sit here now. So you may still use Renaults next year? Unlikely. So what will you use? Uh, probably either a Ferrari or nothing. I mean, it really is as simple as that. It's, it's a Ferrari engine or, or, you know, at the moment Mercedes won't supply and there's no other option. So it really is Ferrari or nothing. Hi. Look, I'm not... I'm not used to seeing you at this stage of proceedings. P5 today, and how do you explain that, that massive deficit, that one and a half seconds in a fortnight? How could you lose that sort of pace? Uh, tyres. <laughs> yeah, I don't know really what we've got wrong, but you know, a big congratulations to the guys up, up ahead. Uh, to be honest, it's been exciting you know, to be having that fight. This is the first time we've been qualifying with that kind of, um, you know, pulling even more out of the car if you can. Um, and therefore sometimes making mistakes. So it was actually really challenging. And But, yeah, these tyres, for some reason, aren't working on our car. It's so weird. You know, you heat them up, same as everyone else. You do your warm-up lap, same as everyone else. And then, uh, yeah, you finish your lap, which you think there seems to be a K grip, and then you see someone else a second up the road. So it's very strange. So help a simple-minded person like myself understand how that has come about and, and how you had such a margin over... Mercedes, who've been such so strong on, on Saturdays recently, was it the engine, new engine from Monza? No, I think I mean the the effect per horsepower here is about 0.1 of a second for 10 horsepower. 
inconceivable that you could make that difference with horsepower. Um, I think the gap to Red Bull is sort of more or less where it should be at a track of this. The strange thing is how slow the Mercs were. But we've been reasonably effective at Monaco, Hungary, uh, and so not too surprising that we're good here, but uh, obviously delighted by the margin. is this they're just a man going for a stroll alongside the track there, there, there are somewhere in the region of what 89,000 fans here this evening and one of them has thought you know what I'll go for a walk on the track second safety car of the race man on the track that's why look there's someone walking on the side of the circuit somebody has managed to get inside the Armco barrier and is walking down the circuit would you believe it Utter lunacy. A safety car is coming out again here in Singapore. I'm not quite sure, I believe, what I just saw there, Martin. One thing to have someone running down the track protesting, another just to be casually sauntering alongside the the track. Yeah. Race 14, Suzuka, Japan. What happened there? You okay, Danny? Yeah, I'm okay. What happened there, mate? I cleaved the grass on the entry. Embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Yeah, understood. We know you will. You're still P11, still P11, plenty to aim for. GP2, engine. GP2. Race 15, Sochi, Russia. Only 21 races. Yep. Long season. We'll never be home. We have to race where people can afford to pay. Because somebody has to pay the bills. We're paying the teams... Very, very close to a million this year. A billion, Bernie. A billion, sorry, apologies. Just a matter of a nod here and there. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of difference when you think of it. (laughs) (sighs) It's a discount I give always, you know that. (laughs) Well, I know all about your discounts. Patrick Allen, the MD of Silverstone, have called to question the show. The teams and the engines are monopolising everything, and it's not about the drivers and the competition. We're not putting on the show we should put on. If the two Mercedes guys were racing each other, like it used to be with McLaren, if you like, with Prost and Senna, it would be good. But the trouble is, they're not. So this is why we're going down the field a little bit with the television, where there is some racing going on. What we've always said, and I'm sure you agree with it, when the lights go out, the drivers should be in control of the race until the flag comes down. That's what should happen, but that's not what's happening. It isn't what happens. Somebody's sitting, not even on the pit wall, back at the factory even, looking and giving instructions. It just isn't the way to go. But this is a loophole yeah. which they realized and they used, and normally, as you know, in Formula 1, all loopholes are used. Yeah. <laughs> you to cheat if necessary, as long as you don't get caught. He, the manager text us before the qualifying, Said that Carlos wants to have dinner tonight uh, with us, and uh, we said, okay, the table will be will be ready, and uh, if you manage to, to arrive tonight, it's okay. If not, uh, we postpone for tomorrow. The important thing is that Carlos is okay, and uh, hopefully we see him tomorrow here on the track. I know you had a meeting this morning with Bernie. Uh, could you um, put any, give us any information about what happened there? Well, the great thing is he, he says everything's sorted. The only problem is he hasn't told us what's sorted. So... Um, so, so, yeah, um, I'm a little in the dark as to, to what that solution may be. Did the Renault word get mentioned or too many bridges have been burned? Look, you know, we, we've enjoyed, obviously, a, a long relationship with Renault, nine years. We've had some good years, we've had some tough years, and the last couple of years have been tough. And, you know, we've pushed Renault um, because we're hungry, you know, for success, and, and sometimes it's got uncomfortable. Um, you know, at this point in time, everything is open. Is it likely we'll be with Renault? Difficult to see that that would be the case. But as we know in Formula One, nothing is nothing is impossible. So, you know, we've just got to be open-minded and come up with the best solution for the team. I just want to pick up one thing with you that Christian said to us earlier in the pre-show. He talked quite openly about Renault again. It seems to be the first time that he's actually opened that door again. Did you think? 
Did you think that was a little bit of crawling, maybe perhaps making amends for some of the things that was said, either by him or, or the team? I think they were far too open. Uh, I think when you have a partner and you've been through such great success like that partnership has, mm. well, those comments should be kept be to themselves. And uh, I think that maybe Christian is now regretting some of the things he said because he's crawling back a little bit. You think that's their best option now? I think it is their best option. Is it their yeah. only option? Uh, well, it could be. Um, we don't want to see them. You know, Bernie's made that clear, and I think the whole paddock is united. Mm. We need to see Red Bull here. But with what engine? That's the key question. Eddie talking out his ass as usual, I would say. So maybe we'll just give the last few seconds here to Eric Boulier, if we may. Eric, small uh, words? No? Okay, well, they've been doing so much winning this year, they don't need the publicity. So we'll let Eric uh, make his way to the front of the grid. And the last thing you want to do is get any airtime for your sponsors. Okay, well, look, I'm just going to give the last five seconds. We've got 30 seconds to the national anthem. Toto, you're looking chilled, excited for the race. You haven't touched my sweaty hands. They are a little bit sweaty, actually, aren't they? Okay, well, there, that was a wonderful experience. Thanks for that. Have a great race this afternoon. <laughs> I know you're waiting, you just told me that you're waiting for the girls to come over with you, the Radisson <laughs> Hotel, room number 708, but I think they've been standing all day, so I think they can sit down, no? I think yeah. you're, you're free, feel free to sit down. <laughs> what are you talking about? Race 16, Austin, Texas. What happened? What happened? Someone hit me from behind the rear puncture. You are on fire, mate. Keep pushing. How the f*** did pass us? We'll double check. We'll double check. Looking forward to a race for Nico, but obviously uh, he, he made it a lot easier for me then. Um, but he, I mean, he's been driving fantastically well, and it's not easy having me a teammate. <laughs> I'm actually, in, the, in a friendly way, I'm the worst teammate you can have, which is a good thing for me. Race 17, Mexico City. Mexico. Uh, will there will be any conversation between both of you considering the start tomorrow? It's no, it's not different. You know, it's uh, it's always going to be a battle, and um, what have what's in the past is in the past, and, uh, and now we move forward, and it doesn't change. Lewis, anything to add? It's the same as you just said. Thank you. Make sure you take both of you out, so I can go through. Yes? No? Try. <laughs> We are going to convert to plan B. We're converting to plan B. Let us know if you'll need a flap adjust. Can I ask why? So, Lewis, we're just worried about where. We're worried about where on his tyres. We're down to the canvas. So, we're going to box this up. Bono, you need to check his tyres. My tyres feel good. So, Lewis, we were down to zero on the first set. We're going to go longer on this set. We will be down to zero, if not worse. So this is boxing, end of this lap, instruction. Bottas has a line, they hit, and Reagan is off. That is what you would call payback. Race 18, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Stick with target minus four, target minus four. Yeah. Oh, stop talking to me in the breaking zone. You need to speak to me, you've got a whole straight. I think all those racing drivers are weirdos. Race 19, Yas Marina, Abu Dhabi. Seeing Toto stroke Lewis's bottom was a particular highlight. Did he do that? Yeah, he did. Why did you do that? Yeah, why did you stroke Lewis's bottom? It's in Austria, it's common. We do that. <laughs> <laughs> if Helmut Marko does that to me, then he's going to have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Helmut does that to Nikki, and Nikki does it to him. No one does it to me. Quite upset. Driver of the year. There can only be one winner, which is Pastor Maldonado. I mean. <laughs> He had some good saves this year. He's had some great crashes as well. 2015, can you summarise it in a single word for me, please? Christian, you start. Mercedes. <laughs> I'm going to have four words. Okay. Four words. It's greedy. I know, I'm sorry. And you're like this. We beat Red Bull. <laughs> I love it. Oh, no. I'm not supposed to say that. But can, we, can we just do one thing for the British viewers that have been desperate for this all year? Can Toto Wolf just say... Please. I'll be back. <laughs> Me 
makes me look a bit silly, you know. Hasta la vista, baby. Thanks, guys. Really good job. It was good fun.